0: Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, practical Buddhism for the modern world. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 16 of Season 2 of the Toward Light Podcast. I was reading an article the other day about a spiritual community that has had multiple allegations of financial and power abuse of the participants, and I know people involved in that group, and it just made me really sad. I've also been watching a show about a cult, and so I've been thinking about what leads us to get taken advantage of, or... When do we get hoodwinked or get caught in a community that's actually not safe or not good for us? I've been thinking about the different roads I've been down in my spiritual seeking and why Theravada Buddhism is my home. Even though I have been part of a Sangha, a community that fell apart, I still am connected to these teachings. This is my root faith. This is the path and the practice that makes the most sense to me. And I want to talk today about the difference of blind faith versus verified faith, as well as some warning signs that a community or a path may not be valuing the well-being of the participants. I talked about the Theravada lineage more in Season 1, Episode 40, so you can give that a listen if you want to hear more about this topic. I want to begin with a quote from Ryokan. Why do you so earnestly seek the truth in distant places? Look for delusion and truth in the bottom of your own heart. Growing up as a child in a Christian church, I was often directed to answers outside of myself. The answers were in a book, or came from elders, or saints, or God himself. In Buddhism, while there are teachings that outline the practices— At the end of the day, we are pointed to learn from our own direct experience. Again and again, the Buddha would give an instruction, but then urge folks to try it on and see if it was helpful or not. There wasn't a blanket prescription. And this Ryokan quote reminds us of that, reminds us that everything we need to see to unravel the web of dukkha is right here inside of our heart mind. There's this word in Pali, Ehi pasako, come and see for yourself. And so when I've been in different rooms and have been told to look outside myself or to trust an experience rather than my own, it makes me wary. I've even found this at times in Theravada Buddhism, in this lineage. And so those are not rooms I go back to. While I am open to direction and guidance, at the end of the day, my lived experience is what matters And engaging in practices that work for me is what's important. Use this ahipasako, this idea of coming and seeing for myself to see what works for me. What do I believe in? What do I have faith in? Because I see that it works. My faith in the Dharma is a verified faith. It's based on my experience of the teachings, not a blind faith. But in the beginning for all of us, Whatever spiritual path we find, the faith isn't as verified. We haven't done so much of the practice. So how do we trust? How do we keep learning and practicing even when the practice feels hard? I know for me, at the beginning, my meditation practice was quite difficult. And so why did I stay? Often it can be about seeing it in somebody else, seeing that someone doing the practice has what we want. Or maybe we're able to taste some peace, even a tiny bit, and that's enough. Or we hear a teaching and it's a light bulb moment and everything just sort of clicks into place. I remember early on in my exploration of this tradition, I found a teacher who I really connected with and began to listen to all of his talks that I could find. And even though I wasn't sure about my growth on the path yet in that moment i could hear it in him and that helped me move forward an adult character in the john green book the fault in our stars says the following i thought being an adult meant knowing what you believe but that has not been my experience i think this is a really important thing as we can think that we hit some kind of milestone where we're supposed to know everything or know our beliefs, or that they get fixed or set in some way. When I first got introduced to Buddhism, it was in a different lineage, and it didn't click for me, but I kept trying to force myself into that version of practice, because I thought I knew what I believed, or I thought I knew what was available, and so I just tried to make it fit. But then, when I walked into a drop-in Theravada Buddhist group, It was like the blinders came off, and I was able to open to my beliefs more deeply. And so that's another thing I watch for, is that if a group or a community is telling me that their way is the only way, that's a red flag for me. Or if they're telling me how to believe with no openness to the nature of changing realities or growth, it makes me wary. And so while this is a podcast about how to apply early Buddhist teachings to modern life, I want to be clear, I know this is not the only path to peace. It's just the one that is currently working best for me. I've had students I've worked with where I've referred them to other schools of Buddhism, or other faith traditions, or therapy, or whatever. And while Theravada Buddhism is my root spiritual home, I know it's not the right fit for everyone, and it's not the only spiritual or self-care tool in my arsenal. Even in this episode, I'm sharing quotes from Buddhist teachers from other lineages, an author, an elder from another faith tradition. I want to make sure that I'm not pigeonholing myself. Another thing to watch for is if you find yourself hearing or reading something that prompts a lot of discursive thinking, that may be a sign that it's not the right fit, or it's something you need to understand more deeply. When I'm faced with a new teaching, I may have a lot of thoughts or curiosity about it, but if I'm starting to talk myself in and out of a belief, I know that something is up. As Vinnie Ferraro says, my mind wants to make things complicated, but my heart knows. When I'm checking out a new group or teaching or belief system, it's so important for me to be grounded in my body so I can clearly feel how this new teaching or idea is moving my heart. And so this brings us to another level of faith that's necessary when we're trying anything new, a faith in ourselves, a faith that we know our heart enough to know when something feels true and when it doesn't, a faith in our knowing of our lived experience, and a faith that that knowing is enough for us to make informed decisions. Maledoma Patrice Somé says, No one can tell us who we are or how we must live. That knowledge can only be found within. And sometimes we can be plagued with self-doubt, especially when faced with new things or ideas. So it's important to cultivate faith in ourselves. My teacher Matthew Brensilver says, In the process of self-discovery, if I am discovering something amidst a soft heart, I am much more likely to trust it than if I am discovering something amidst all the old stories and hardness and intense views. So part of cultivating faith in ourselves is treating ourselves with compassion and openness, noticing when we're stuck in rigidity and absolutes, and offering ourselves some space and grace. Easier said than done, I know. Some practices that can help us include soft belly breathing, formal self-compassion practice, and regular check-ins throughout the day to soften any areas of habitual clenching or tension. Right now, as you're listening to me, notice if there are parts of your body that are clenched. Can you maybe loosen your jaw a little bit or lower your shoulders? Just notice what's happening in your body right now. The more that we care for our body, heart, and mind, the more we can trust it, the more we know it, and we can feel the clench in the gut that says, this isn't right or notice our posture change when we're faced with someone who doesn't feel safe. And we can trust those understandings because they're coming from our authentic present moment lived experience, and not from rigid conditioning or past beliefs. I really appreciate what Sharon Salzberg says, do the best you can live according to your values and intentions while knowing that you may not always succeed in your aspirations. The actions you're taking are honorable and those feelings of despair and inadequacy are part of the human condition. Now this verified faith, this wisdom that we cultivate, often unfolds slowly. And so some of our self-doubt related to the path can be that it isn't moving fast enough. Philip Moffat says, have faith in the gradual approach. One of my teachers, Greg Scharf, says, it's patience and perseverance in letting go of expectations that are key to this unfolding. And it can be hard sometimes to stick with it. I know sometimes I look for shortcuts or quick fixes. But of all the spiritual teachings I have tried, the growth that has stuck has been the practices I've had to commit to and have had to have patience with. In my experience, the insights that I've had to earn are the ones that have stuck. So when a group or a path promises quick results, I am dubious. There is a story that someone asked the Dalai Lama how you can track your progress, and he said to check in every 10 years or so. And while that's opposite sort of our cultural norms, our Western cultural norms around quick fixes and things being fast and fast is better, there is a relief in knowing that this takes time and that I don't need to see a change today to know that it's working. Now one more red flag I want to point to is when connecting with this new spiritual community or teaching is how much of a sacrifice you need to make in order to be part of the community. Anytime we add something new into our lives, we have to make space for it. But if you're required to make financial sacrifices or cut out certain people from your life or drastically change your behavior, that community may not have your best interests at heart. That's why I love Buddhism so much. Many of the teachings are offered freely. There's no prescribed right amount of time to practice. And there's an understanding that this Buddha nature is already within us. We don't need to change ourselves. We need to uncover the light that is already here. As Thich Han says, the wave does not need to die to become water. She is already water. So if you find yourself in a new setting, check out what are you being asked to believe in, how much flexibility or freedom is there for you to find your own path, how much of a sacrifice do you need to make. And I urge us all to connect with the light inside of us, to trust our internal wisdom and to trust in the faith that we're cultivating. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net, or on Instagram at towardlight108.